gospel. Uh, the gospel or salvation is really simple. It's all of faith. And uh, God uh, gives us the gift of salvation and we appropriate that to our lives by believing what God said about it in his word and uh, by faith accepting that uh, as being true. Uh, with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And we learn a lot or we use as preachers or if you've uh, received one of our gospel tracts or one of our cards as an invitation to our church, uh, it has several verses from the book of Romans on it, uh, and we call it the Romans Road to Salvation. And so as a soul winner, we would take people through some of those verses, which I uh, will, uh, will read to you or quote to you at the end of our time today. Uh, but uh, God, for the first 11 chapters in the book of Romans, lays out uh, our need uh, for salvation. Uh, none of us deserve, if you're here today and you're saved, you didn't deserve to be saved. Uh, you're, you were the enemy of God, uh, but God loved you anyway, uh, and he drew you uh, through his spirit. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you to that respect uh, as, he, uh, as he extended uh, grace uh, in your life, uh, and you called on the name of the Lord, and he saved you and forgave you of your sins, and uh, you have the promise of heaven. And, uh, and it's the greatest decision uh, that you can make as a person greater than any other, you know, uh, decision you can make. And we hope today that if you're here and you're not saved, that you'll be saved today. Uh, or uh, if you're here today and you're a Christian, that God would renew in your life uh, the burden uh, for souls. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand for the reading of our text in chapter number 9. And we're going to look at chapter number 8 uh, in brief as we run up to chapter number 9. After I pray, but I want to read uh, the first five verses of chapter number nine. The Bible says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I, would, I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises, whose are the fathers, uh, of whom are, as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God bless forever, uh, amen. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless this message today. Lord, please speak to our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, we won't get into this today, but uh, chapter number 9, uh, from the part we just read there, verse 5, and then uh, kind of continuing down, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, dealing with the Jewish people, he was kind of the, uh, the, the, the preacher to the Gentiles. We know that God had called uh, him to do that, and there was this transition from it. Uh, but uh, the Jewish people were his people, uh, and uh, he was of the tribe of Benjamin. We know that as he gave his pedigree uh, in the, his epistles. Uh, and, so, and he was a Pharisee, uh, and um, his education was brought up uh, in Judaism. Uh, and when, before Paul got saved on the road to Damascus, uh, he was Saul, uh, and he was persecuting Christians, killing Christians uh, in the name of God uh, because he was um, very religious, uh, and, uh, and he did that. He confessed later on in ignorance and unbelief. Uh, God gave him grace and mercy. Uh, he was a murderer. Uh, but God saved him. Let me say this. Uh, there's no sin outside of the sin of, uh, of rejecting Christ uh, in this lifetime that you, that you can commit uh, that would make you so dirty uh, and, and, and so wicked that God 
can't save you. Um, the Bible is filled with examples. Uh, almost uh, the, great, the vast majority of the people that God used that we look to uh, in, in the scriptures as heroes of the faith were messed up people. Uh, Moses was a murderer. Uh, and I could just go on and on and on. Uh, but God can forgive you and he will forgive you. He says he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And, uh, and, and God gets the glory. I know the greatest testimony that you can have uh, is that you, you never did this, you never did that, and, uh, and God kept you from it. And again, experience is not the best teacher. It's a hard taskmaster. And uh, there's scars that come from sin uh, and uh, a lot of, uh, of uh, consequences that come from sin. And it'd be, it'd, be better, uh, it'd be best for you to get saved at a young age and love the Lord and serve Him and not have to go through all of that. Uh, but there's something to be said uh, of somebody who has uh, and has lived a wicked life uh, and God saves them uh, as the testimony that God does save and can save and is still saving. Uh, and, uh, and it's a wonderful thing. And if God saved you uh, out, of, out of just terrible sin and wickedness in life that whatever, um, you owe it uh, to the people around you to express your, you know, your testimony and to share that God saved you and that, that he would save uh, your friends, etc. Uh, and I love that about the Apostle, the Apostle Paul. Uh, these were his people, uh, and, uh, and he was concerned about them. And, uh, and as we look at chapter number 8, just quickly, because uh, what happens in chapter number 8, uh, chapter number 8 is a joy chapter. Uh, it is uh, a, a blessing, uh, and God explains a bunch of great stuff to us. And then it transitions from chapter number 8 into chapter number 9, where, where it's a sorrow chapter. Uh, and, and he is, um, um, Paul is talking about his own people and his desire for them to be saved. And as I was getting to a second ago, didn't, this, is, this passage is about national election, not individual election. Uh, it's about the Jewish people and, and what God had done in choosing them. And no matter how, um, a, you know, idolatrous they got and, you know, the, the whole history of Israel, not to re- repeat that, they are God's chosen people. And God still is going to do a work with his people in his people uh, and he's not done with them. Uh, we do not preach uh, a um, replacement theology here. The church is different than uh, Israel. Uh, and uh, and uh, so when you read chapter number 9 and you have a bent towards, uh, you know, Calvinism, uh, this isn't a great place to argue with me about it because God is speaking about national uh, election uh, and what he's doing with his, his children Israel. It's not individual election, and I may preach on that uh, another day. Uh, but when we get into chapter number 8, just quickly, I'll just touch on a couple of the verses. Right in verse number 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. When Jesus saved me uh, in 1987, he set me free. Uh, the Bible declares that he pulls us up out of the muck and the mire. He sets us on solid ground. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. And he saves me to the uttermost. Uh, I'm saved. Uh, and later on, he touches on this at the end of chapter number 8. Uh, but uh, I have assurance of salvation. It's all in Christ. 
there's nothing that I, I've done that he can't forgive. There's nothing that I can do that's good uh, that is going to get me to heaven. Uh, it is all the grace of God, and there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I'm accepted uh, in the beloved. I need to live a life for him that's acceptable, uh, but um, I, can't, I can't undo uh, what God has freely given me uh, by his grace. Uh, and uh, he says and teaches through this passage that, uh, that uh, verse 5, For they that are after the flesh, do you mind the things of the flesh? But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And, uh, and Paul, under inspiration, is given uh, the Roman Christians and also us, as we have our Bible, hope uh, for the battle that we have uh, in our flesh. He says, in the flesh dwells no good thing. It's impossible without faith to please God. Uh, and so we are to live in the Spirit, reckon ourselves to be dead, chapter number 6 and 7, uh, and dead unto sin and alive unto Christ. And, uh, and we, we communicated that uh, to uh, guests and local church in our baptism uh, that we're going to walk in newness of life. The Bible says in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Here's the thing. Uh, you're no exception. You cannot please God in the flesh. Say, I want to please God. You've got to be in the Spirit. So when the flesh uh, rears its ugly head, you put your flesh under subjection. Uh, you say no uh, to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. And, and in a very practical way, you can start that off early in the morning, uh, seeking the Lord, praying, uh, and, and, and get in the Spirit. Uh, like this morning, my alarm clock went off at 5.30. My flesh said no. Uh, well, 5 o'clock. Uh, and I reset it uh, for 5.30, uh, and, uh, and I, got, I got up uh, on that one. Uh, but uh, sometimes we just start the day off on the wrong foot uh, by giving in uh, to the flesh, just a very practical way that we do that. And so he talks about uh, the flesh and the spirit. Uh, in verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And, and evidence of knowing uh, that we are and belong to him, saved and belong to him, is that we can be spirit-led and have the fruits of the spirit uh, in our life, which uh, are important as we get into chapter uh, number nine. Uh, and, uh, and so there's just a lot to be said uh, through chapter number nine, but we get into the end part of it, or excuse me, chapter number eight. Uh, look at verse number, um, verse 35. The Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Uh, stop there just for a second. Last night, my daughter texts me uh, in the evening. She says, what are your super verses or something like that uh, to deal with somebody uh, who says you can lose your salvation uh, and on and on and on and on? And I, so I asked her, I says, who, who, who is this? Uh, and then she said, um, it's like a friend of the family or whatever, because I said, it depends on who it is. And, uh, and what I meant by that was, um, there, there are, you have to pick and choose your battles. And you can't convince people uh, of things that, um, that they sincerely believe. Now, the Word of God, you give them the Bible. And, uh, but, you know, I just, I just said in kind of tongue-in-cheek, I said, just tell them that uh, you're thankful. You know, I said, that's no way to live, thinking every day you might lose your salvation. Uh, you know, but if, I said, tell them if that keeps you sinless, uh, and, uh, and on track for God, then whatever. And, uh, and I was just pointing that out, and, and she, I don't know if she ended up with, with the conversation, but um, here, the Bible says once you're saved uh, and teaches that you're always saved, uh, you're in God's hand, you're sealed under the day of redemption. Uh, he, you know, he's bringing us to an expected end. Uh, there are just a lot of verses, but one of the greatest passages about that is right here. 
And he says in verse 35, as it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Aren't you, aren't you grateful for that in the Bible? Uh, we're overcomers. Uh, greater is he that is in us than, than he that is in the world. And God has given us victory uh, and, uh, through Jesus Christ. Uh, but we've got to, uh, we have to uh, live a victorious Christian life. And, uh, and God's just not going to, uh, God, take this away and take that away. And um, there are times where we have um, things in our life, like Paul, uh, to his, his physical infirmities, which he gloried in, uh, that, that God's grace was sufficient uh, for him. Um, but God wants us, uh, as we struggle with things, uh, uh, vices, addictions, whatever, uh, that we say no, that we put our flesh under subjection. Uh, and uh, God gives us the grace and help uh, to do that. And he says this, verse 38, For I am persuaded, uh, am, I also am persuaded, uh, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, the long and short, I won't touch in every single one of those, but the long and short of it is uh, you can't give it up. Uh, it can't be taken away. Um, uh, God loves us. Uh, and if you're saved, he's saved you. Uh, and, uh, and nothing can separate you, separate you from that. Um, I, I remember like uh, back whenever I was a kid and, and I watched uh, Happy Days. And I think it was an episode where somebody was uh, uh, trying to sell their soul to the devil. Uh, it was the fawns or whatever. Uh, and, uh, uh, but guess what? You can't do that. Uh, and once you're saved, uh, you belong to him. You've been bought with a price. Uh, no man can pluck you uh, out of your father's hand. Uh, and, uh, and it's a precious promise uh, in the word of God. Because, you, know, um, you know, today uh, you, might not even, you might not even get through this service uh, without having an impure thought. Uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, you might, uh, you might have your pride. Uh, you may have come to church and got mad at somebody because they were sitting in your seat or they parked in your parking spot. Uh, you know, you, you had, you, you didn't get coffee because the line was too long, whatever it is. We're in the, we're in the flesh. Uh, and, uh, and in the flesh, we can't please God. And so maybe the best thing you can do right now is just to pray, uh, and, uh, and, and ask God uh, to forgive you. You say, if I bow my, close my eyes and bow my head uh, right now, everybody around me know I'm a sinner. They already know. Uh, and uh, and, and wonder, you don't even have to close your eyes. You can, you can have your eyes open and talk to the Lord. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, so it's, this is joy. All of chapter number 8. Uh, and when you read 6, 7, and 8 together, it's a great, great stuff. But it's all about joy. This is almost a doxology at the end. Uh, and then it transitions into, into verse number 1 into sorrow. Now, let me point out something here. What Paul is saying uh, concerning his love uh, for his people, uh, the Jews, uh, is so startling. Um, it's like abounding in superlatives. Uh, and, uh, and, and he says it this way. He says, I say the truth in Christ. Verse number one, look at that. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. Uh, some preachers today, they say, you know, I might say, I'm not lying, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I'm not speaking, you know, evangelistically speaking. Uh, and uh, now everything that we say from the pulpit as preachers should be the truth. Uh, but, but what he was about to say uh, was, was hard to believe. 
And, uh, and I'll explain it here for us in a second. He says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So he says, he says I'm telling you the truth uh, and I'm not lying. Uh, and my conscience, by the way, your conscience uh, can still lie to you. Uh, and your conscience can deceive you. Uh, and um, so uh, what he said is, says, I'm, not lying. I'm telling you the truth, I'm not lying. My conscience and the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is bearing witness. And, uh, and so if you were, you know, in the room uh, as, he was, as this was being preached or as it's being read uh, for the first time to the Roman Christians, uh, and again, remember, uh, the, the churches at Rome uh, at that time were two small um, house churches uh, in, the, in the slums of Rome. Uh, and we won't get into, you know, did Peter go to Rome and all this different kind of stuff and what we think of Romanism uh, today. Uh, and God says a lot about that in the Bible. But um, two little small churches, he wrote this letter to them. And as it's being read, uh, and you can imagine the, the pastor getting up and, and he's like, uh, they just got done. Hey, nothing could separate you from the love of God. And they're probably, you know, waving hankies uh, and, uh, and just praising God. Uh, because it was, it was joyous news uh, written uh, to them by Paul. And then, and then he lays this out, and they're like, whoa, like what is he about to say to us? That he's, that he's telling the truth, and he's not lying. His conscience bears witness to the Spirit of God. What I'm about to say is going to blow your mind, <laughs> is in essence what he was saying. And so Paul, um, he's affirming his love and his anguish for his people, uh, and, uh, and uh, it is it is it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But here's, here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. The Jewish people, um, of course, he was saved. Uh, he was a Jew himself, uh, but the Jews were trying to kill him. Every town that he went to, if you read the book of Acts, if our Sunday school uh, lesson uh, right now is in the book of Acts. The Jews, had, they, they had beaten him. Uh, the Jews had imprisoned him. Uh, they, they cursed him, castigated him. Uh, where, wherever he went, um, the, the word of God teaches us that they stirred up the populace. Uh, this man says things that uh, are, are um, you know, wicked. Uh, he's, you know, he's doing this. They are always uh, causing him. But dis- and even despite the... You know, the uh, Acts chapter number 15, where we, he's vindicated uh, and he's preaching to the Gentiles. Um, they subverted, the Jews did, his converts in every single church that we read about uh, in the New Testament. Uh, they were trying to take the gospel and add their ceremonies and their works and things. So he's dealing with that. Every single church, the subverting of the gospel message by uh, the, Jewish, the Jewish people uh, and, uh, and uh, their rules, their rituals, uh, and perhaps, you know, um, the expectation. If it was you or, or me, you or I, um, we would be like, I don't like them. They've been, they've been nothing but bad to me. Uh, we would be, we'd be more like Jonah uh, in the Ninevites. Uh, it's because that's how we are. We, just, we know the Bible says, vengeance is mine, say the Lord, I will repay. 
We know the Bible says that uh, we're supposed to love them that despitefully use us. We're to pray for them and, uh, and uh, your enemies. And, uh, and, and if they need something to drink, you give them something to drink. If they need food, you give them food. And, uh, and you're supposed to love your enemies. Uh, we know that in, in the Bible. But how many would admit today that that's kind of hard to do? Um, it is. Uh, and uh, because we're, it's like hardwired in us, in our flesh, um, you know, somebody punches you in the nose, you punch them back. Uh, and uh, somebody, somebody says something about you, well, you say something about them. Uh, and as spiritual as you are and you're in your Bible and you pray every day and, and uh, serve the Lord and G- you just, uh, Jesus is all, all you need. Uh, when, when your enemy, uh, you, know, you know, his fence blows down in the storm, you're like, yeah. Now, you might not say it, uh, but you think it uh, because they got what's coming. They deserved it. You ever say something like, they deserved it? I mean, I love them in the Lord, but they deserved it. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're, just, we're just vindictive uh, people. Uh, and and, it's, and it's, it's hard. it is hard to do. And by the way, if the Lord doesn't come back 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, you'll struggle with that until the rapture. Um, you just will. You, you've got to fight it back. Uh, and uh, and uh, so, um, if, if you don't get anything out of this, somebody does you somebody does you dirty, and just treat them right, love them, uh, and uh, and forgive them. So so when when he gets into verse number um, two, he says, "I say the truth in Christ." We'll read it again. I lie not. My conscience also bring me witness in the Holy Ghost. He says, "I that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart." For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. What? Wait a second. After all they've done to you? What, what Paul, in essence, was saying, he says, I'm going to blow your mind with this. You're like, what is it? It's like, I would, I would rather be accursed. Now, as, as I was reading and preparing for this message, a lot of Bible correctors um, kind of get into this thing. Well, he didn't mean like, you know, he would rather go to hell uh, if his brethren can be saved, he was, it was talking about excommunication or being separated from. Uh, and, uh, but, either, but either way, uh, but, but this word means anathema um, and a curse from God. What Paul is saying, I would rather go to hell myself if, if those people that beat me and imprisoned me and brought me trouble and gave me all kinds of grief, if they could go to heaven... Um, I would go to hell for them. And, and that, that did blow their mind. Like, what? Like, why would you do that? Um, why, would you, why would you think that? You know, and um, I know that we, it would blow all of our minds too because we just, uh, like, we were, I was just watching, a, you know, one of these, like, you know, whodunit things or whatever, the court cases or whatever, and somebody killed somebody or whatever, and then, then, then they have, uh, they're in court, uh, and somebody, somebody says, you know, would you forgive me, the murderer to a family member, and the family member says, I forgive you. And, like, I'm a blood-bought, forgiven child of God who reads this book, and I think I have a good grip on biblical forgiveness, and, uh, and I preached hundreds of messages on it if I preach one, uh, and we hear somebody like that, and we go, whoa, like, how could they do that? Don't you, don't you, it's like a visceral response. It's like you, and, uh, and so you're like, so then your wife goes, if she can forgive him, you can forgive our neighbor for, you know, uh, you throwing garbage over the fence. 
And you're like, well, that's different. (laughs) And uh, so um, we just, we struggle with it. So he says, I'm going to blow your mind. I would rather go to hell if I could. Now, he just, he just got done saying, because they just got done reading, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And so he knew that he would rather be accursed, but it ain't happening because he's, he is saved to the uttermost. But he's expressing uh, to uh, the people in Rome uh, that he would, he would gladly go to hell in their place if they would, if they would just get saved. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, he goes into, he explains who the people of God were in Israel, uh, and, and he's, he's kind of elaborating. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, he also, in verses 5, in the wording that is in there, is telling them uh, that Jesus is God uh, as, as well. Uh, and, uh, and so he, in Paul-like fashion, he, he explains to them his, his wariness, right? He, he, he is sorrowful. Every single day, he's happy that he is saved. Uh, and, uh, and he's looking forward. He says, I'm torn between the two places. I'd rather be in heaven, which is far better. Uh, and uh, I'm torn between them. And, uh, and, he, and he knew heaven was a better place, but he knew he needed to be there. And so the joy that set before him, uh, the hope that he had in Christ and in uh, and, and preparing for Christ's return, everything that Paul talks about, saved and it's wonderful and he had joy 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 down in his heart but every day he looked at the people around him and he was filled with grief and sorrow because he wanted them to be saved and uh, uh, I can't remember a couple weeks ago I was stopped I was having coffee at a place that would remain unnamed and um, and I and I walked out into kind of like a outside area, and um, in the, the homeless uh, population and different stuff, it's just, this one was the one over kind of by 512 in uh, South Tacoma Way, uh, and, um, and so they're building a new gas station there, but before they started doing that, it was just lots of uh, people kind of living in between there, uh, and, uh, and so they come over to the Starbucks, they end up pulling all the stuff out, I think because of that, they said, we're just getting new furniture, but people just kind of go in like where I would study there and then people just come in. So I come out uh, and, uh, and there was a guy who was like out cold, um, just hunched over on the chair, like his, his hands and his head almost on the ground, um, on heroin, and was just gone. Just completely slumped over like he's dead. Like I went up, pushed on him, and is gone. And here's what I did. Because this is what a flesh wants. Like I backed up and I took a picture. And, uh, and uh, because it's like it's garbage and it's, and it's just, it's stuff and it's, the, it's just, it's overtaking it. And uh, so I'm looking at it. And then I deleted it. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> as, as frustrated as you get with tent cities and all that kind of stuff, those are people that need Jesus. And, uh, and it, you know, I've had, outside of, outside of maybe people asking me for money, um, I've never been assaulted by, um, I've, not, I've not gotten into an argument with. Um, I've even been, uh, I've gone into tent cities looking for people um, whose family members have said, you know, my child is in there. Uh, could you go find them? So I've gone like door knocking in tent cities. 
And uh, in, it's kind of sketchy. Um, I've never, once they know what, you know, I'm here, I'm a pastor, I'm just looking for somebody, everybody's cool, whatever. I've never, I've, I've never really gotten into any type of argument or whatever, nothing. Um, but, but it's just kind of like, uh, and, you, and, and, and I've, I've got no reason um, to hate or um, to whatever. Again, we need to do better. Uh, and we need to, you know, uh, get stuff cleaned up and people get help and all that kind of stuff. And I know people choose to be out there and all that set aside. Uh, but what I'm saying uh, is that, that God wants us to have a burden for people like Paul had a burden for his people. They had done him wrong every which way that can be done. And he says, as happy as I am to be saved in the joy uh, that I have, therefore, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And, uh, and it's a big amen thing. And he says, but with as good as that is, and as happy as I am, and as much joy as that brings me, every day of my life is filled with grief and sorrow for those people. Because, and, and if I could, I would go to hell so that they could be saved. So, <clears throat> A Christian, a biblical, a Bible-believing Christian who's read the book of Romans, I don't know how many times I've read it, uh, how many times I've preached out of it, in those moments, we just like, it's like we, for, like we forget that we're saved. We forget what God has saved us from. We forget the grace of God uh, in our lives uh, and what God does and... and um, Therefore, the grace of God go I, um, time and time again. And, and, uh, and so he says, I'm, I'm weary, uh, and he, um, I'm moved with great sorrow uh, and uh, heaviness. And, and, and while Paul is pleading this and saying this uh, in Paul-like fashion, he does, he does not spare where the blame is to be laid for the crucifixion of Jesus. And I love that about him. It's like, hey, it's like, I love, I love the, the, the Jewish people. They're my people. And I'd, I'd, I'd go to hell if I could for them to be saved. They blew it with Jesus. And, uh, and he laid that all out there. And by the way, uh, I, I, you can love people and have a burden for them for them to be saved. Uh, but there's consequences and there's decisions that are made. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's responsibility uh, to be taken for all of that. And so I'm just saying, yeah, this, this guy, this gentleman needs Jesus. Uh, and he needs gospel witnesses to share that with him. Uh, and, uh, but he also needs to uh, fix some stuff. And, uh, and, and all of that being true. But the bigger problem in that moment is, am I sorrowful and burdened, not, not just burdened uh, that, um, that the crime rates go down, not just burdened uh, that, uh, that all the social problems that, that, uh, are, that for those to be fixed, and they should be, um, but that's not the first place we go in our minds. It needs to be that somebody that needs Jesus. Somebody cuts you off on I-5. They need Jesus. They really need him because you're pulling up behind them. If you were to die today, <laughs> uh, would you go to heaven? Uh, you got road rage, and so, so you're just now you're concerned for their soul. Uh, but, 
They need the Lord. And that needs to be the default reaction or response um, to people. So, you know, uh, Paul's like, I'm about, to, I'm about to blow your mind. It probably says that in some modern version. <laughs> and uh, he says, I'm about to tell you something. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not lying. And my conscience, the Holy Spirit bearing witness, and they're like, okay, what's you about to tell us? He's like, I love them Jews. And they knew, because all the time he would be like, by stripes, and he's, he's rehearsing to people all the stuff that has happened to him, because he says he, he didn't want them to, to faint because of his tribulations. Brother Beckham talked about that. It's like, we don't even have to worry about fainting because of our own tribulations. We like look at something that somebody else has gone through and think, well, I've got no hope. <laughs> or I'm, you know, uh, and, and we faint at that. He had rehearsed it. They had known. They, guess, who, guess who was their president? Nero. The Roman Christians, Nero, like the worst of the worst. And, uh, and, and, and they were in poverty, worst part of the city, crime rate up, nasty, no hope, Nero's the king. Uh, and, uh, and he says, you know, um, I love him. And... Uh, we would go, how could you love them? So, so I've, you know, I've, I've forgiven this person and you're, you're their friend and they're talking, like, how, how, how can you forgive them? And God says that we're to forgive others even as Christ has forgiven us, not because he has, but the same way. So I'm supposed to forgive people like he, he's forgiven me. A true child of God is willing to be a cross bearer uh, for the sake of those who, uh, who, you know, and it doesn't matter who you are. Even back in chapter number 8, verse number 32, the Bible says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Uh, you, he, he, didn't, he didn't spare uh, the nation of Israel. He didn't spare uh, angels. Um, and he didn't, he didn't spare the old world. He didn't, he didn't spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he didn't spare his own son. That's what the Bible says. God is a just God, a holy and a righteous God. And unless your sins are forgiven, you cannot enter into heaven. And so uh, today, maybe somebody invited you to church or again, maybe you're here, you come all the time, whatever. And, um, Somebody loves you. Somebody loved me, invited me to camp, you know, and I got saved at camp. Uh, and um, there are people that I know in my life, and it's not, you know, the individual that I just mentioned, but like people in my family um, that are lost. Somebody yesterday had gone to, a, you know, a, a funeral service, somebody who's lost. And we like to soft soap it. We like to, like, encourage people in their grief. But everybody is not going to the same place. And the only way that you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And, um, and so God says we're all sinners. Remember I said that Romans Road Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter number 3. And uh, in Romans 6, uh, he says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says in Romans 5. That God committed this love towards us and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so all the book of Romans, like here, you need the Lord. 
And this is what God has done to provide for your salvation. You need him. And the way that we, the way that we get him and that we get salvation is believing that Jesus was God that came to this world and died for our sins, a sacrifice, our substitute, uh, and died in our place. And, and we believe that with our heart. The Bible says, The heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's not talking about confessional booth or whatever. It's like confessing to God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Um, and asking God to forgive us and calling on Him for salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, there might be somebody in this room that would go to hell for you if they could because they love you. There are people in my, if, like Paul, like I would go, I would be a curse from Christ if my brethren could be saved. It could be, it could be a relative uh, that you're praying for to get saved that abused you. I saw something, um, uh, kind of out of the quote, I'll miss it, I can't remember the whole thing, but it's kind of, it's like Paul, when Paul, Paul is going to enter into to heaven um, to the cheers of the people he martyred. Think about that for a second. He's going to, before Paul got saved, he killed a lot of Christians. And he will enter heaven to the cheers of those that he had martyred. There's people that would die for you if you'd get saved. People that I would, you know, the same way that I love and I want them to be born again. I can't save them. God can. So if you're here today and you're not saved, man, um, I don't know why you would leave here and not take care of that. And, uh, and if you are here today and you are born again, does the burden that you have, and today is like, again, we're inviting people and we just, we, we, you know, we need to be better of that stuff. So winning, we need to be doing more of it. And, uh, and do you have this kind of burden for your neighbor? for your mom or dad or uncle, whomever, that, you know, my uncle's a jerk, and he did this and whatever, and, uh, you know, this person did this to me, and I can never forgive them. You should be able to. I'm not taking away from whatever, whatever happened, terrible things. Um, and you can, you, can, you can try to justify it any way that you can in your mind, but to have that level of bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart and that remain in us and we love Jesus, it doesn't compute with the Bible. And um, I wish it did. And there's like, you know, I, I've got opinions about all that kind of stuff. And what I would do to people like that is completely different than what, what, what God would do. I don't know. What I'm saying is, like, we have to have a burden for people and to love people and forgive them and look at people differently than we do. And, uh, and I hope that you see that uh, from Paul's example in chapter number nine. Let's all stand. Uh, we're out of time today, and our heads are bowed and our eyes closed. And I'm just going to ask a simple question, start the invitation. Say, Pastor, <clears throat> I'm here today, and I know Jesus as my Savior. I'm saved, and I've trusted in him, and I know that, and uh, heaven is my home, and Nothing can separate me from that. And that's your testimony. And say, Pastor, that's me. Uh, I'm saved. You'd raise your hand where you are. Thank you. You can put that back down.
our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and nobody's looking, please. And, but you say, Pastor, I'm here today. I'm, I, I'm, it's not my first time, or perhaps it is your first time. And you're like, if I was to die today, Pastor, I don't know that I would go to heaven. I'm not sure. And um, I don't have that hope and trust or that confidence that was in chapter number eight. I don't, you know, um, I, I don't know for sure. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that would say, I'm not sure. Just raise your hand with your eyes. I'm not sure. Would you pray for me? And uh, we certainly will. Thank you. Anybody else? Say, I'm, I'm just not sure, uh, but, but I'd like to be. This is what I'd like for you to do. If you just raise your hand in a moment when the piano begins to play, there'll be Christians that'll pray at their seat. There's some that'll come forward. Would you just slip out from your chair and come forward? And I can have somebody take you off to a different room outside of the auditorium, whatever. And you can get that settled in your heart uh, today and not leave here uh, without, without Christ, uh, without salvation. Uh, and so as the panel begins to play, if God spoke into your heart, to be Christians to pray, say, God, give me a, a greater burden uh, for those. Give me a forgiving spirit uh, like the Apostle Paul. Uh, but there are people that I know that need the Lord. And you're going to come out, you're going to pray. But you raise your hand and say, I'm not sure. Just step out. I, know, I saw your hand and I know what you're coming for. I'll just have somebody take and show you from the Bible. Again, the verses that I quoted a moment ago uh, to be saved. And, uh, and, and we'll do that for you today.